Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The following content is not suitable for children. Pursuers with drawers. They come in all shapes and sizes, Lori. We're going to talk about combinations today. What do you think? Yeah, I'm curious what you want to talk about here. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's do it. Welcome to Foreplay Sex Therapy. I'm Dr. Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fowler, your couples therapist. We are here to talk about sex. Our mission is to help couples talk about sex in ways that incorporate their body, their mind, and their hearts. And we have a little bit of fun doing it, right, G? Listen, and let's change some relationships. So excited. Lori, another in-person training, Philadelphia, unleashing... (sighs) The Power of Sex and EFT for Therapists, October 4th and October 5th. This is one of our favorite trainings to do. It's such a need out there to empower therapists to keep their focus better in session and know how to help couples facilitate these bonding conversation through sex. Most of us don't grow up in families talking about this stuff. So get some of the tools that you need, have some fun, engage with other therapists. It's great to be back in person. Oh, yes. It is so great to be in person. We had so much fun in our last in-person training. I mean, people actually laugh at our jokes. And you know, I got to say, some of what we're doing, I think it's pretty cutting edge. We're, we're working on stage one and stage two. For those of you who are therapists in EFT, you'll get what we're talking about. But even if you're not an EFT therapist, there's a lot here that you can learn about how to talk with couples about sex and how to become more expert at it. And if you're a listener and you do have a therapist and your therapist doesn't know about EFT, tell them, you know what, I think you should check this training out. Mm-hmm. I guarantee they're gonna, they'll are gonna they come out of that training with some new tools, which is, that's what we're in the business of, right? Creating change with new tools. Yes. So come join us in October in Philadelphia. I, I just want to celebrate something. We have something to celebrate for you, G. What's that? We have your 25th anniversary to celebrate. Congratulations. Voila, with a blink of an eye, right? It goes quick. I know. I think I'm going to post your picture on social media. That is such a beautiful picture of you guys. Best decision I made, right, Lori? So, like all relationships, we have our ups and downs. But I do think there's something to be proud of that, you know, we both have invested in have gotten to this place of 25 years. That's some kind of foundation, right? It's a milestone for sure. So many people don't get that far. It's a, a lot of work and a lot of love. I had the pleasure of being with you and Kathy in New Orleans and seeing your guys' lovely dynamic and so cute. Let's talk about the sex now. So hot. I would just say that the two of you. (laughs) I am thankful. It's a lot of things have to also go right. You got to get lucky. You got to work hard. You got to make good choices. You got to be able to recover. Right. And certainly we don't have 
all the answers and it's always cool to be a couples therapist and have all this wise advice and then go home and just mess it all up and get triggered we're all in this mess together but i think if i've learned anything over the years it's just a little bit more flexibility and not take myself as seriously and it just when you can repair quicker you know i think it just makes for a safety level that's pretty cool to carry around with you Mm-hmm. doesn't hurt that your wife is funny and beautiful, too. Yes, she is. She's got a lot going for her, and I'm a pretty lucky guy. Indeed you are. Okay, so pursuers and withdrawers. How do withdrawers, I mean, they have pursuing parts, too, right? Yeah, I think that's what we're trying today, emphasize that the more all of us can tap into whenever there's a threat we only have a fight or flight response we all do some of both you know we talk about traditional heterosexual couples you know a lot of times you got the male who withdraws emotionally to avoid fights and you know female partner is the one pushing for conversations because they want to bridge some of the distance and want things to improve and then sexually they can reverse roles, right? And now the man is one pushing for sex and intimacy and a wife isn't feeling connected and safe and then they roll over and kind of aren't so interested. And like those are classic roles that I think a lot of people can relate to. But in real life, there's so many little variations and shifting, you know? So a classic one like men, and we're just oversimplifying here, but a lot of times in conversation, I was working with a couple the other day and they were talking about getting a babysitter. And the guy was like, listen, we need to prioritize our relationship. We need to go out, we need to call the babysitter. This is the amount, this is the number, let's just schedule and get it done. Like his brain was so focused on the problem and there was a simple solution and he just wanted, like he was in that pursuer energy. He was just like, why can't you see the clarity of this simple thing and get it done, right? So he was in this push and roll and he was very decisive. The wife was more in this way, wait, wait, what you don't understand is if we ask this babysitter, my mom's going to get her feelings hurt. And if we ask this babysitter, you got to consider the, the old babysitter that we had. And like she had so many things that she was considering and like how many hours is it going to be and is it going to impact the kid's sleep and, and you know what time like she had all these worries and concerns that she was the one that was more hesitant and cautious and not making a decision, mm -hmm. right? So if you looked at the dynamics, it looked like he was pushing and she was like disengaging or not like really kind of meeting him where he wanted her because they were focused on two totally different things. He was focused on the problem and she was focused on the relationships. Mm -hmm. And so often I see that in dynamics where you know one partner's in their head trying to fix something and the other person is seeing the bigger picture and the impact of relationships. And they're like almost speaking different languages. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I, first of all, I, I want to say, yeah, sometimes withdrawers, they push too. They want to get something done. And there's a resistance in the pursuer, you know, for whatever reasons. And yeah. I, I would say typically those reasons are pretty complex, mm. you know, and I will say. Having been a young mother at some point, ah, oh, children and the way you are with them and, and all of those things, it is so complicated, I think, especially if you do more of the childcare. Yeah. Um, 
you know, you're thinking about, oh, yeah, but tomorrow's a big test for Johnny, and, you know, I don't really want to go out that night. I will say, though, my husband and I went out every Tuesday night for 20 years. Nice. Like, I didn't not go out maybe four times because, and I went out when I had a fever. I went out when my children had fevers. It was just, we went out, you know, because I needed that midweek break. And that was inviolable. And it was a really good decision. You know, mm-hmm. we went out sometimes when we couldn't afford a babysitter. It was like we just found a babysitter and we did it anyway. And that discipline, I think, became part of our routine and really did help. So that, that's just the, that's not what we're talking about. But I just want to encourage people to please. Well, you can use that as out. an example. I mean, just to empathize with the frustration that a lot of fixers feel that it's mm-hmm. like, all right. Tuesday, we're going out. We agreed to go out Tuesday. We need to find a babysitter because the babysitter that we use is not available. So let's use babysitter B, call them up and see if they're available. Like it's a simple problem that can be simply fixed. So uh-huh. when, it be, when that simplicity runs into the complications of the partner that says, well, if we call this one, it could hurt this one's feelings. And if we call the other one, the kid doesn't like that, it could hurt our kid's feelings. Mm. But if we like those complexities, you know, for the fixer brain wants to scream like, what the hell? Just make a decision. I don't care which decision it is. Like, let's just fix this problem. Right. I don't really want hours of conversation around this problem. I just want this taken off my list, taken off our plate so I can focus on the other things and enjoy you. Exactly. But these are examples of the switching roles when you're in a frustrated place and you're you're trying to communicate because you're hoping that that frustration or that criticism or that advice that you're given is going to get the other person to see it and change their behaviors. You're trying to motivate change, right? That's what a pursuer energy is trying to do is trying to motivate change, right? Withdrawers are trying to calm down the message. They're trying to keep the peace. So can you tap into, because the more both partners can tap into both sides, it makes this whole process predictable in whatever role we're in. Because we're not so different. There's a lot more common ground here than most people realize. That is true. That is true. And pursuers as well. I mean, we have withdrawing parts, right? We get shut down. We go away. I mean, there's all kinds of things that we do as well that is opposite of our typical, you know, part of the dynamic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we change our roles in different relationships. Mm-hmm. So my dad's never around. So I kind of pursued because I wanted to spend time with him. My mom could be overbearing. So I, I pulled away, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of it, our moves are depending on the relationship dynamics. Mm-hmm. But again, when I start to see in my own relationship, where I start to recognize when my wife does something, like maybe she can pursue, but then sometimes she withdraws and that withdrawal feels like a rejection. Like when I could pause a moment and say, huh, wait a second, is she really rejecting me or is she going away because she just wants a break from the kind of intensity right now? I know what that's like to want to go away and take a break, right? When I could kind of tap into that part of myself, my other, I take my partner's behavior less personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the secret. I think too, you know, talking about 
just making it clear, like, okay, I'm, we're doing something different here. I'm starting to push you mm-hmm. to do something, and I'm feeling your resistance. Are you pulling back? Can you tell me what's happening? What am I not seeing? Because this is really different than what we normally do. You know, opening that conversation so that we can observe it and say, wow, th- this is not working. <laughs> what's happening? You know, you, you're the one who says I should take responsibility for making sure we have a babysitter. And, and now I'm making suggestions, you know, let's do this, let's do that. I'm thinking about it. And there's a switch here. Yeah. And you're really looking at two different things. Your complexity is because you're looking at the impact of your decision on all these potential relationships. Right? That is a pretty big deal. My brain isn't looking at that at all. My brain is looking at, you know, we need to go on a date and we just need to make a decision. This isn't that complicated and it's pretty simple. We're in two different planets, even though we're talking about the same conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I'm wondering if we can, like, find a good example and talk about it. Uh, we should we should role play this. We should role yeah. play this. Okay. Okay. Let's come back and do that. Hey, Foreplay fam, we are excited to have Oh My God Yes as one of our sponsors again. Welcome back. That's omgyes.com. And what is this? Basically, in partnership with Kinsey Institute researchers, they asked tens of thousands of women, George, what made pleasure better by themselves and with their partners. Now, this is so great. We're, I'm starting to see all over the internet this popping up, the messages being spread. You know, men, learn how to touch your women. Learn yeah. where in the clitoris and how to do it. I mean, this is amazing, really, stuff. It is. There's patterns of what women like. And that's what they've organized with good techniques. They have super honest videos that are definitely erotic and explicit. There's animations, which are really fun. You can kind of practice. And there's how-tos. You know, many people think, well, I've got techniques that work for me, but there's always more to explore. So we encourage you to use Oh My God Yes a lot. It really does feel like you can learn from women who are very honest. It's an artfully done website. It is explicit, but I think it really shows something that is vulnerable without blushing and without shame where women talk about and they do show techniques that are really important to pleasure. And it's a fantastic way to start a conversation, right? That's usually the hardest step for most couples. And here you are. You got something that's going to launch you right into a conversation. Absolutely. Go to omgyes.com slash foreplay for our special discount. That's omgyes.com slash foreplay. Oh, my God. Yes. Woo. We are doing a couples retreat on September 8th. We're only doing one this year because our training schedule is getting crazy, but we would love to invite you to our couples retreat. It's by Zoom, and you can find it on our website, foreplaysextherapy.com. All right, so Lori, maybe we'll do a quick role play around. I'll be the emotional withdrawer. You'll be the emotional pursuer. And most of the time, you want to bring things up, and I don't want to rock the boat and keep the peace. But now... It's a more important issue for me because I want to go see my parents this weekend. Oh, boy. And you don't want to see it because the good things don't happen. So this is where we're going to reverse roles a little bit. 
And let's just see if we can put words to that and see how we maybe can recognize that in each other. So, okay. So, Jane, I, I'm really, I know we haven't talked about it, but you know this is my, my parents' anniversary and it's, you know, the right thing to do. We got to swing uh, by there. Yeah. Can we just, like, send flowers and a card, hon? I mean, your mom, she, she does not like me. It's like, I don't really think it's going to be a blessing well, for them if we show up. Again, it's not. I wasn't raised that way. It's not the right thing to do to just not show up and just show flowers. I mean, how kind of impersonal is that? I mean, and my mom does like you. We, you have issues, but. I, you know, that's, that's going to be Friday and we've got the track meet on Saturday morning. It'll be late. We'll be driving. I just, mm. I just, how would you just feel about you going? You're the one they want to see. So let, let, let's do what we talked about in therapy. I'm going to try to shift levels here, Jane, and, and not get lost in the logistics here. I mean, I do get your reluctance to want to go because that's normally what I can do, right? It's like you don't see good alternatives here. You kind of know it's going to end bad, so you don't want to engage. And you're not wrong because you don't want to engage. If I was in your shoes, I'd probably want to go because my mom has been not nice a lot of the times, and I really wish that was different, but it is what it is. So I get you don't want to go. And I also know it's important for me that we go because I'm going to feel really bad. Like, I've, I've let my parents down. I'm going to feel bad about myself. And, you know, I just think that sucks. I kind of need your help here. I appreciate you seeing that I have good reasons not to want to go and hang out for an evening with your mother. I do appreciate, too, that, you know, your parents raised you to show up to things, and, you know, you've been a good father. You've shown up for our kids. You've shown up for me at important things. I, I do love and respect that about you. Um. It's really hard for me. I, I think I I face this sense of her thinking I'm not good enough for you, and then I worry that you're gonna think I'm not good enough for you. Well, again, I, I want to protect you from that. If my mom does anything, I'll say something. I know in the past I haven't. I've just kind of wanted to avoid the conflict and just let it roll and then you would feel like I don't have your back and I know that and this is you know if we go and she says anything I will have your back and I promise we won't stay long we just do a cameo and you know have some quick food and and then we got somewhere else to go and I appreciate you kind of not you're not just trying to be stubborn here that you're letting me into your biggest fear that you know, because my mom sees you that way, that that might influence how I see you. And I, that doesn't even enter my brain, but I appreciate you feel that way. And I mean, I feel so, so blessed to have you, right? That I, I can never see you that way. My mom can never influence kind of the way I see you that, you know, that you're having this conversation is something my mom could have never done. And I wish my mom could see us talking this way and, and, because she's never had those conversations in our relationship, right? It's, it's evidence to me of kind of what we have that is so special. 
And I, I want other people to see that. I wish my parents could, you know, see what a different relationship we've created than that, what they have. So thank you for sharing that because that, you know, and I, I, I want to have your back. Thank you. That feels, that feels more reassuring to me. I appreciate that. I really do. It's hard to no, tell it's... you. Well, you're welcome. So that means we're going, right? <laughs> I guess that means we're going. All right. So let's pull out of this role play. But again, didn't that feel different? We're going yeah. down that first road and we're fighting over, you know, going or not going. But being able to tap into that part of me that knows why Lori don't want to go. Mm-hmm. And for Lori to tap into that part of herself that knows why I'm trying to push to try to get, get you know, create a change here. Mm-hmm. Right? It makes it easier for partners to meet each other when they could touch parts of themselves that know these places well. Mm-hmm. How was that for you, Lori? Yeah, I, that felt good. I, I appreciated a number of things, like the way you drew the attention to what we have is so different. That's such a different kind of relationship that we're actually talking about real feelings that your parents didn't have, don't have, and that that's what makes it really special between us, you know, that you hope that they could possibly see that. And and also, I think, practically, your commitment to stand up for me, that felt good, too. Well, this is the opportunity for couples to have these conversations. If you don't know how to name these parts of yourself, then you just won't talk about it. Yeah. So when I go into pursuer role, which sometimes withdrawers do, and sometimes the pursuer will go into withdrawer role, like that needs conversation just like the other one does. Yeah. Right. And and couples that that can recognize and have more flexibility. So let's let's shift this towards the sexual cycle too, Laurie. Okay. A lot of times, you know, say I'm in the role of the sexual pursuer. And, uh, you know, Lori's in this role of the sexual withdrawer, and that's a majority of our interactions. But not all our interactions. You know, sometimes, you know, Lori, for whatever reason, she's initiating. She's coming out, you know, into the bedroom with an energy that wants to have sex and, and, and is, is initiating it. And maybe I'm not in a mood or something's going on with me where I'm the one who wants to avoid I mean, we see this a lot with sexual pursuers that in the moment their partner initiates, they want to like punish them or show them what it's like or something happens where they become the withdrawer, right? We've seen that a lot and we we just want to help people, you know, be able to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Okay. You want to launch into another role play? Okay. So you're the sexual pursuer. I'm the sexual withdrawer, but I'm going to pursue so honey i was talking to my girlfriends and we spent like the afternoon talking about sex it was so fun i mean i just i i really like frankly i kind of got turned on and it's like i want to go to bed with you tonight i want to try some of the things they were talking about that sounds great (laughs) i can't resist it i'm sorry no i can't do it that's too hot that's too hard. <laughs> Why wait till tonight? Let's do it now. No, all right, all right. Take two. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's funny. So, you know, I don't, I'm not sure, like, 
what's driving this. I mean, you talk to your girlfriends and now you want to have sex. You don't want to have sex with me. I mean, I'm not, uh, I mean, I don't, why don't you feel this way about, you know, when I want to have sex with you? I mean, I don't know. I, I'm just, I, I got I a lot on my brain. I, I just can't rather believe just not you talk are about. thinking this way. I mean, I thought you would be so happy that we were talking about sex and that I got turned on and, you thought I, I'd be I happy that you talk about sex with all your girlfriends but never want to talk about sex with me? I mean, how does that feel good that you feel this, like, freedom? and you? But with me, it's like silence all the time. So, you know what? I just, I think we should just take some time to think about this. And, like, kidding? I just need some time to process this. Look at I I talk to them about sex. I mean, it's just like girl talk. And it makes me feel unselfconscious because they have problems and... They talk about it. I think with you, I just feel so much pressure all the time. And it's like, forget it. I can't, I cannot even believe you're doing this. It's just like, forget, forget I even talked about it with you. Right. Of course, it's my fault. I'm sure it is. <laughs> all right. Did it oh. go so well? Oh, I just want to hate you. <laughs> I'm not liking you too much either here. Trust me. So. I could feel but that. We've switched roles. Uh, yeah. Right? I, I'm disengaging. And you do get this a lot with the sexual pursuit. Oh, when the conversation do. starts to hit emotions and some kind of deeper places, they want to pull out. They want to stop the conversation. Right? This is where we talk about these cycles interacting. But we won't get lost in theory. Let's see how we can do it differently. How can you, Lori, touch the part of me that doesn't want to engage? Because okay. you know that well. Okay. So, honey, I just got back from the, the girls, and they were just talking about sex all the time, and I, I swear, I just kind of feel horny, and I, I want to do it with you. I want to try some of the things that they were talking about, and it was yeah. really fun. I mean, I think it is great that you're talking about this, but it's throwing me off a little bit. It's like your conversation with the girls that brings this out in you is like, I try to talk about this stuff with you all the time. You don't want to talk to me about it. Uh, you're you're right. You're right. I you're right. I I do get super self conscious with you. Um. I I'm not exactly sure why I felt so free with them, and I get so self conscious with you. It's like, like who I was with them. I was excited. I was. I felt uninhibited. I felt like anxious to try everything that they were talking about. And I but know with maybe, you. But maybe it makes sense. Like you take a little time to reflect on this. Like, and I could think about it too. Cause again, you don't have the answers here. Maybe you can try to find the answers. Yes. And, and I do think it's important to figure this out and find the answers. And I guess, what are you feeling when I say this? You said it's frustrating that, I don't talk with you this way. I mean, when you say I should take some time to think about it, I will. And I guess what I'm reading between the lines is, you know, it's it's kind of hurtful to you that I would talk so freely with them and I'm so uptight with you. Is, is that what's going on for you? Yeah, I mean, it's just, I so try to have these conversations and we just never have them to hear you just like 
having it with a bunch of people, it's like, who took over my life? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, I, I want to know how to tap into that part of you because yeah. I, I think that must have been pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And I, I want to share that with you. I get that you're why you're unsure, and I just give it away to all these other people, and I don't give it to you, and that that isn't fair. And I'm, I love that you want to know this part of me, and I really do want to share this part with you. I, I saw in the conversation how I had this part, and and frankly, I was kind of stricken with how I withhold it from you. And then, you know, how uptight I am with you. And, and that sucks. And it's got to suck for you all the time. Well, thank you. It's, I mean, it feels like you're, you're getting why. You know, I got triggered a bit by that. But I do really want that side of you to develop and do you to get excited about it. So I do think it's cool that, like, you had some success that you know that is your truth, that you have this part of you that when you don't feel pressured or whatever else is going on, that like you actually initiated. I mean, yeah. I think that was so cool. And I'm sorry, I wasn't kind of ready for it and I got thrown off there a bit. That's okay. It makes a lot of sense to me that you would maybe feel exposed and feel frustrated that mm-hmm. I'm just saying it to everybody else. But honey... I got some great ideas. Let's let's do this. Now let's talk about these ideas. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Again, very different outcome. Yeah. Couples, I will hope when you're listening, you it, this is a lot easier to do a role play than our own relationships because these triggers are big and strong and we get that and we don't have to be perfect. It's just good enough. But, you know, your conversation can lead in very different directions depending on how much two people are working together. Right, so we went down one road that was very unsuccessful, and then we did it again, and we went down a road that was successful. That's not chance. It's because things that we were doing kind of protecting each other and being a little bit more vulnerable instead of so reactive and protective. So you can do it too. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Thanks to you all for listening. We wish you so much luck in the more positive conversation and the vulnerable conversation. We all deserve it. Keep it hot. I would love to invite you. This is women only, but we are having a retreat in Asheville on November 10th through the 12th, and it's going to be a slumber party. And so we're going to like all stay together in the same cabin. It's a beautiful space, and we're going to have meals brought in and made, and and we know who the chef is, and so it's going to be wonderful. Maybe drink a little bit of wine if you'd like to, and we have kind of some talks and time to work together on your sexuality. So the whole goal of this women's sexuality retreat, the slumber party, is to basically enhance and develop yourself, your erotic self inside. So we're going to be talking about anatomy and physiology and sexual attachment. We're going to talk through blocks, you know, what stops us? What are the breaks against our sexual expression? And then what are our gas pedals? What are our turn-ons? How do we open up more sexually, like with enhanced sexual pleasure? We're going to talk about orgasms and role play and using joys and fantasies and some stuff. And each night we're going to have a pajama party where we just relax and sit around and talk on the deck and hang out together. And and then on Sunday morning, we're going to set our focus. 
and have concrete steps toward sexual engagement with our partners. Sounds pretty awesome, Lori. And all the men, don't worry about it. Maybe we'll have like a Spartan camp out somewhere, have a couple <laughs> beers and, you know, we'll do our own version of that someday. <laughs> that would be great. So love to invite you. I will post it on foreplaysextherapy.com under resources and there will be the retreat, the scheduling events, and you can link and figure out if you can make it with us on November 10th through the 12th in Asheville. Okay, so tell us about your cutting-edge training that you're doing on success and vulnerability? Lori, we just keep pushing it, coming up with a new module on the playbook of a pursuer, playbook of a witcher, really practical, moment-by-moment moves of what a therapist can use. You know, we're so focused on what's happening in session. Enough there's talk about theories and these global things. We, I think most therapists are looking for, what do I do in this moment? Give me a tool, George. So that's what we're trying to do. That's awesome. I am so glad you guys are doing this work. I think it helps us be organized to see you do it. You do demos, you do explanations, teaching. It really is interactive. And I think that so many trainings that we sit through don't give us an opportunity for that. So what you're doing is really important. No, we try to emphasize the teach it, show it, do it model of learning. You need to have some ideas, so we try to teach those. And then we try to show what it looks like implementing those ideas. But most importantly, you now got to practice it. That's how they become yours. And that's what we want our, our listeners and watchers to do is become their own moves. Find George and his teaching at successandvulnerability.com. Call in your questions to the 4Play Question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number 4, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.